Microphone check. One, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. What is up, family? I am so excited to have a very special guest on the show. He goes by the name of Iceberg Theory. Yo, I stand with my feet planted as the universe expands. Simulation program, old planet, stolen land. Time was a river and the flow broke the dam. Isolate the sequence, the potency band, let it burn. So he's a New Jersey rapper and producer who spent this past decade of the 2010s creating really interesting, mystical, philosophical, infused rap music in a way that I genuinely have not heard before, uh, which is why I find he stands out so much amongst the crowd. And he's been prolific as hell over this past year or so in particular, dropping countless albums with some of the underground's finest, and in particular, August Fanon, who is the producer who produces a vast majority of his previous work over this past year. And it's been leading to fantastic results. So I'm, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. Hey, thank you. I appreciate the coverage, man. No, uh, yeah, you know, no worries. Not a lot of people take the time to, to you know, give, give it a lot of listens and, you know, really in-depth coverage. So I, I appreciate you taking the time out and, you know, speaking to me today, but just in general, all the coverage you've given me in the past. And, you know, all, all that just definitely appreciated. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. I just want to spread the spread the good word here because this is some really exciting music that, like, honestly, when I've uh, when I listened to you, it introduced me to so many different artists in this space of the underground that I knew some of it. I've heard some of it. I dabbled. But now I'm really starting to to get into like just yesterday I was listening to the the project you produced for Link Loan, uh, mm-hmm. the name I crossed, escaping me, I'm bad with names sometimes, but it, it that was genuinely yeah, really the, interesting. The, the Sorcerer of Vine Valley? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, shout, shout, shout out to Link. Yeah, we got it. We got another one too we're working on as well. No, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't announce it yet, so hopefully I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, <laughs> ruining that. But yeah, I guess. But, but yeah we're, we're still working. Link, yeah, Link, Link's dope. And he's, you know, super prolific too. He had a good, good 2020. And I think more people are going to find out about him in Mm -hmm. 21 as well. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So I wanted to kind of take, get us back in time a bit. And I wanted to know, how did you really start to listen to rap, fall in love with it? Like how old were you and how did that all unfold? Oh, it was kind of just like, teens i guess um more more mainstream stuff um it was kind of when 50 cent was popular i guess you know mm-hmm. that that whole 
era, more or less, you know, a, a lot of commercial stuff going on the, the 2000s. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I liked, I mean, I liked that music at the time. And then I, you know, it just made me dig even further. My cousin um, had given me the Illmatic CD for, for my birthday one year. And then, you know, at the time, I didn't even really like it that, that much because I was just like, oh, but, you know, I thought the beats were, were boring, I guess, the first time I heard it. And then, you know, as, as I got a little bit more, uh, you know, more acquainted to, to older hip hop and 90s sounds and stuff like that, I, I, you know, grew more in love with it. And then that kind of became the sound that I more or less worked in with myself. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I, at, at first, you know, I, I kind of had just, drain myself off more mainstream, you know, shiny shit, I guess. Right. Do you, do you still, do you still kind of shy away from the mainstream music these days or are you kind of more balanced now? I don't really listen to any, any I mean, I don't, I don't really listen to much in general. So I, I, I specifically don't really listen to much, not like I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to listen to mainstream or something like that. But I just, you know, there's not really many circumstances where I'm going to listen to it. So mm-hmm. not like, it's not like I have like something against it, but it's just, you know, I, I mostly listen to my friend's music. Right. There's so many you know people in the underground that I'm working with that, that make good stuff that, you know, if I'm turning on anyone's stuff, it's probably going to be theirs. Yeah. And I, and I also find this year, or I guess last year, uh, really showed like there is a difference between music that's like I'll listen to in any circumstance or listen to by myself alone or kind of in a more, uh, in a more calm kind of mind state. Whereas there's a lot of music that I may have listened to much more in previous years that were more circumstantial. It's like, Oh, I'm at a bar. I'm with a bunch of friends and we're drinking and something like that. It really shows the vast. That's definitely being, yeah. Being in solitude, you know, be, being just alone and shit definitely takes, or just like, and, and in your house more, you know what I mean? Like if, mm-hmm. you're, if you're just home more, it definitely uh, certain certain types of music I'm not going to play as much. I, I definitely go for, you know, end up going for the more like contemplative sort of, mm-hmm. sort of stuff, just because a lot of more, uh, more, you know, hard hitting stuff. Not that I won't listen to it at home, but you know, it just, it just doesn't really there's some, you know, some music, like you said, it's good for different circumstances and a lot of shit's good for like driving. Like if you're driving, I might listen to a different kind of music, you know, something that gets you going. If you're out, you're out, you're going, you know, going into the world doing shit. You're like, okay, I need something that's going to like, you know, get, get me in that mindset. Get me like, I don't know, pumped up or whatever. But right. you know, if you're just, you know, whatever, if you're kind of sitting on your couch, there, there's another kind of music that you're going to listen to, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I totally feel that. I feel like you actually, picked a a pretty good year to really make a splash like uh, i mean sad to say but lots of people were at home and i feel like that your kind of brand of music fit very well for the times not just the fact yeah, that we're alone headphone, but just the time what's shit. going on yeah yeah def- definitely as far as you know kind of apocalyptic scenarios and shit yeah definitely it has people thinking in that way a little bit a little bit more i guess but yeah, yeah, just yeah. just, just the, you know headphone more 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 contemplative music. It definitely is stuff I generally work on more. You know, it, it's not music that you're gonna play at a party or something like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I I think uh, it's actually funny when I think it was at least where where I'm from in Ottawa in Canada. 
our real big kind of shift between the pandemic was the second week of March, about March like 13th, 16th, right around my birthday. I remember that. And I know mm-hmm. Jay Electronica dropped his album, uh, Written Testimony, right on that Friday as kind of everything was like going to shit. Everybody was freaking out, like what the hell is happening? What's happening in this world? It made that album fit so much better. And I mean, I like it, I think, more than most. I don't think it was like maybe the best thing he could have made, but I liked it more than most. And just the the fact of music really hits so much different given like what I was doing at the time. And I was like, I really connected to like this, uh, yeah, apocalyptic, but just like world decay kind of feeling. I was like, yeah, it really is. It really is. We really are in trouble. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And so what? Yeah, no, I, I can feel that. Yeah, a lot of it is circumstantial as far as what what hits you and what you know, and what doesn't. Like, yeah, because a lot of your personal feelings and thoughts and stuff get intertwined with the music. So sometimes it's not even the quality. It, it can be the quality of the music, obviously. And I'm not even speaking about the J Electronic in general, but just, like it's more just you know in anything. Yeah. Like whatever you're going through at the time, if something like speaks to you then that could end up being your your favorite, you know, project of that artist or something like that. So I feel like that happens all the time where, where because there are certain memories that's associated with something, it gets, you know, high, it gets higher up on your list or because you had, you know, just a certain relationship with that music during a, you know, a tough time or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And so what really kind of like spoke to you in terms of, deciding that you wanted to actually rap like you actually wanted to decide to put pen to paper and start rapping versus just being a listener what was the shift um i mean i've been doing it so long that it's hard to even say i mean i think that i always wrote poetry so it's the form you know it, it made sense to me as far as working on it but i mean that's i've pretty much done it since i was you know 13 14 something like that so it's been something i've been doing longer than i haven't been doing I guess (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. it's hard to say exactly what even started it but yeah I've been I've been yeah probably it's probably like if you add add like the hours that I spent doing anything I probably spent more time you know writing writing reps than damn near anything else in my life so what do you do what else do you do in your in your kind of like spare time when you're not rapping producing writing um I mean work work, obviously I guess (laughs) work but uh Besides work, um, I also do other writing. Um, this this year, we're working on a uh, work on a screenplay, a TV series that a friend of mine are trying to get picked up. Oh, nice! And um, hopefully, some funding for. So I've I've been spending a lot of time doing that. That's, I mean, if you think of, I've tweeted a little bit about it, but it's like if you think like, there's a lot of like vultures and fucking just you know people like making their living off of like desperate artists and like yeah. music like just seeing like what's out there and like the film industry is like even even crazier i mean i don't know maybe just because i'm trying to sell shit i mean i'm sure if i was trying to become more of a mainstream artist i, th- yeah. I think the thing the thing about that though is that uh you know the the barrier of entry in making music at least like making like getting something like you know i wouldn't say i'm a professional artist by any stretch of the imagination as far as you know the amount i sell and the amount you know the amount of people that listen to me but you know i can make something that sounds you know that sounds you know to my ears at least you know professional and, oh definitely you know, as good as as good as anything else and it's like you, i could do that like i got a fucking computer microphone you know that i've had for 
since I started running like 10 years, you know, 10 years ago, since mm-hmm. I started recording. So, you know, garage band, like I'm recording on garage band, August mixes it, you know? So it's like the barrier of entry to do that is like pretty, pretty low, at least like technology wise, but like to film like a TV series and, and shit, shit like that, there, there's just a lot, a lot more that goes into it. So it, it makes it even more difficult to get into. I mean, unless you're really going to go like completely independent and just try to film stuff yourself. But even in that case, then there's actors and stuff, you know, yeah. actors, cinematographers, editors. I mean, just like the cost of doing that on your own is, is you know, you really need some significant backing to, to, to go anywhere, to even get to even get a product that may, may or may not do well. Right. Yeah. You know? I feel like you're, so, you're uh, way more dependent. Yeah, it's, it's definitely more difficult. Yeah, you're very yeah. you're way more dependent on other people and the gatekeeper idea and music is 100% true, but yeah, you're right in film it's just on another level. Even if it's like studio time, it's not like, oh, I can just like you said, record in my bedroom and just put something out that sounds very good and right. very and even studio time at least you're you're paying for the studio. It's like, okay, so I'm paying, but I'm paying for a specific thing. You know what I mean? But like with with with, you know, with the filming, it's like, you know, you need the camera shit, you need the there, there, there's just so many people, the sound person, the person who's going to hold the boom mic, the person who's going to, I mean, I, I don't even, I can't even name all of them. Right. Like when you just look at a credit, like look how many people are, even, even on something that's like seemingly simple and pretty basic, like there, there's a lot of people in the mix. No, I was saying like, I find oh, also yeah. with mute, with the movies, it's uh and just film and TV. It's that it's like, I notice at least as me is like, I'm not everybody, but I'll speak for myself is that I, I definitely care way more about the quality of either like the acting or quality of the cinematography. I notice it so much more and it impacts my enjoyment so much more than the quality, quote unquote, of the mix quality of the vocals in terms of like how it sounds aesthetically, like a lo-fi kind of sloppily made uh, song can be amazing in music. I find like that doesn't really go both ways when it comes to, to cinematography and film for me, because I find like I if it is something that's very low budget, it really needs to be exceptional in terms of quality of the story and things like that for me to enjoy. But music, like I can listen to like something completely unmixed, unmastered and like thoroughly enjoy it as much as something that's completely like billions of dollars put behind it. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a good point too. That I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I need to, you know, admittedly, I need to look at more like really low, low budget stuff and like, and I don't, I don't know if I've been seeing too much, like, cause I also haven't had, like, I just got internet like a few months ago, just at my house. So mm-hmm. I, it's not like I was watching like too much, many movies in general, but I would be curious to see like some super, super low budget shit and see, see what that, you know, is like, like, I mean, I guess maybe the closest you could find is like some web series, some web series might be, you know, some really super simple stuff that might be enjoyable, but even then you, you want to have at least some production value. So Right. Yeah, I, 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 from a general from a general you know point of view, I definitely would agree agree with what you're saying. You know, from my own experience. But yeah, so I'm, I'm working on that, and then also I've been working on a book, uh, like a novel. So that I've been you know so especially when when the pandemic first hit and you know my, my work had shut down for a little while. I, I that's what I was just you know recording. Not I would like spend half the day working on like recording, half the day you know writing my book, and then like somehow I had another half to like work on the screenplay stuff so uh, that was like probably the most productive time of my life i feel like ironically when work was shut down for a couple months because yeah. I, I just i mean i really had like the space creatively to 
just work work nonstop at stuff. Like it was really like from when I like got up to when I went to bed, I really was just just going on. And then the different projects helped because I, you know, once I got tired of doing one thing, the other ones were different enough that I could that I could kind of you know pick that up where I left off. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't feel like doing. It didn't feel like I was like working myself too hard because it was moving into a different venue or you know something like that medium, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like the diversity yeah. kind of adds to the kind of lessens the weight if you're just doing one thing, time and time. Yeah, and now, now it's when you don't have the time though. It's now, now, now it's now, now that work is busier. It, it's definitely tougher though, and it, 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 it's it's leaving me a little bit feeling like some some stuff might need to be put on the back burner for a while because it's hard to balance all all three and and also work. So that that makes it more difficult for sure. And so like, how do you, how do you balance like all of that stuff? Like, what do you, what do you do? Because like one of the, I guess I'll just say one of the kind of things I was also very intrigued uh, when in preparation of speaking with you is that your music and what you say in your music, it's all very kind of like, there's a lot of deep philosophical explorations occurring, a lot of uh, talk about spirituality uh, being grounded and you come off like, not like the typical rapper in the sense that that even when you brag, I find it's it's in such a unique way where it's still like it still fits into the narrative and the kind of themes that you're um, that you're that you're rapping. So are you actually this kind of truly this mindful, grounded person at heart? Or is this just like an artistic expression that you just like exploring in your music? Oh, I mean, I think I'd like to be. I mean, I have I've definitely had times in my life where I'm more um contemplative and monastic than others um i'd say like for a while i was living at a retreat center um after college i was actually thinking of becoming a monk oh, and um it did you know for uh more because like religious reasons it didn't end up working out but i still kind of you know i'm attracted to that lifestyle like you know with my music like there's a lot of different religions that i'm reference referencing mm-hmm. and and that i could kind of see the the value in each of them so then when i was you know, I'd read a lot of this guy, Thomas Merton. He's a famous uh, Cistercian monk, or Trappist monk. And uh, I guess Trappists are a form of Cistercians. But uh, so I was reading a lot of him and he was super, you know, open to interfaith dialogue and all that kind of thing. So, you know, reading him, he, he was very open-minded and very, you know, non-dogmatic, I guess. But then, then when I tried to get into the actual monastic order, it was, you know, I found, which, you know, something I probably should have realized up out of, you know, out of the gate that, you know, it, it was, I mean, you, you really had to be like a hardline Catholic mm-hmm. in order to, to get into that sort of lifestyle and to really, really appreciate it. Cause you know, the, the novice master or whatever, you know, he's just like, Oh, do you, are you a Catholic? And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> you know, and then he's like, Oh, well, you should probably read like these, you know, apologetics. And then he starts showing me that. And it's like, you know, talking about shit like the Pope being infallible and, you know, this, that, mm. and the other thing. And I'm just like, oh, I'm coming from reading like St. John of the Cross and, you know, all this like mysticism in, in, in the Catholic tradition. And, you know, that stuff I could all get behind because when you look at, you know, mystical writings in all different religions, you know, they're closer to one another than they're not, I guess. Yeah, like, definitely. You know, if, if, you, if, you, if you look at like St. John of the Cross, like he could easily be like, you know, match up with like a Buddhist writer or something like that. Like, obviously, like, some of the specifics are going to be different, but, you know, some of the ideas being presented are similar, especially, like, a Meister Eckhart. Like, his stuff has, like, a very, uh, like, a Zen-like sort of, you know, quality to it. 
So, so, you know, that, that was all on my mind. And then to see, like, to be talking about like, Oh, so, okay. So the Pope's infallible, like, okay, great. You know what I mean? It, it was yeah. something that, that, that it, it didn't really seem like I was going to fit into that lifestyle. So then after that, I went to this ecumenical retreat center and I was a chef there and a kitchen manager for about a year. So during that time, that's when I made uh, Philo Kalia with Tokyo Cigar. Um, so he sent me all the beats. And while I was at the retreat center, I was staying, you know, not, not the entire time, but when I had any time off, they had a hermitage on, a, on their grounds. So mm-hmm. I stayed in the hermitage and just, you know, worked, worked a lot on that. And th- that, that time I was definitely, you know, meditating more, praying more, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so I, I mean, <laughs> you know, there definitely is an element of, of you know, fantasy in, in, the, in the whole the whole thing as well. I mean, I'm a big fantasy reader, so mm-hmm. that, that's definitely an element of it, too. So I try to take that, you know, the, the, the best of, you know, my own experiences and then mix that just with the craziest shit I could think of. So there, there definitely is, you know, both, both of those elements. I mean... You know, I don't, I don't know if I actually was, you know, some, some supreme being fucking, you know, <laughs> millennia, millennia ago or something like that. I, I mean, I'd I like to think so, I guess, but you know, there, there, you know, there, there definitely is an element of, you know, the fantastic and all that. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you look at it to me, just the, the, the religion and like some of the stories and legends and myths and all that, like, you know, th- there's modern day fantasy writing, like, comes from that to a degree oh, yeah. and all of that's pulling from that same source and at least the best of it i mean maybe not maybe not some really shitty fantasy it's just kind of coming from kind of copying other shit but more, more unique stuff and more more stuff that's really archetypal and fundamental i feel like that that does pull from the same sort of well that a lot of religious texts do mm-hmm. so that, that's that's more or less what i'm trying to capture in the writing Right. Yeah. That, I think that, I think you, you captured that really, you captured that really well. And, and I can speak for someone who I wouldn't consider myself an atheist because I don't claim to know either way, but I do find myself to be quite agnostic, uh, mainly because like, I just, I, like, I definitely don't, I don't have the, the level of understanding of the religious, uh, various religions that you do. Um, but one thing that I wanted to and I always kind of struggle with is that I get this feeling and maybe it's an incorrect one. And I, I want to know your thoughts on it, that I get this feeling that people think that you can, your morals are derived from a religious belief and they're not derived from just, I don't know, experience, who you're around, your upbringing, your, your surroundings. And I find like it's perfectly okay and expected and, and, and reasonable to, to have, to be a moral person who does not have a, a religious background so like what do you do you feel like religion is something that is really not maybe concretely necessary to have some kind of morals but like what do you think about that whole thing i mean that that's a that's a tough uh that's a tough thing to really i mean a lot of people are gonna think vastly different things in those i i would kind of go into the uh, a little bit into the agnostic camp in that in that regard myself um you know, one thought I, I might have is that to me, the, the benefit of religion isn't really anything particularly moralistic, but more, more in terms of connecting you to, you know, some, some sort of source and opening you up to that, that kind of, you know, whether it's 
you know, you could call it unknowing mystical experience. You know, I, I mean, every religion is going to have some sort of different way of conceptualizing it. But to me, that that lived experience, that 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 really, that's just something that affects you, I guess, and, and changes you. To me, that that's more valuable and more my interest in religion than anything particularly moralistic, because you know, based on the history of religion, it's, it's clear that, you know, any, any morals that, that are supposedly being followed are just as easily broken when, yeah. when it suits, you know, you know, a certain sector or whatever. Right. So, yeah. you know, it's like, Oh, you know, you shouldn't kill. And then, Oh, we'll go on a crusade or some, something to that effect, you know, mm-hmm. or let's, Oh, let's expel all the Jews from Spain. So, you know, so, so clear, clearly where, where's the moral, you know, is that something that was moral? Like, I, I don't know. Probably, probably not. So, you know, the Inquisition. Uh, I mean, you could you could go back, right, you know, yeah. a, a millennia, and you'll be talking about all the religious wars and you know persecutions and shit like that. So, the idea that that religion somehow has a monopoly on on morals, I, I, I probably wouldn't agree with. But I would say that I think your morals do somehow change when you have some more of a connection to whatever, however you want to conceptualize God. Right. Yeah. However you think think of that, I I do think that there's a certain level of awareness and awakeness, I guess, that that then influences how you act with other people and how you act in the world. So to me, that's really the benefit. But, you know, how much of that actually gets focused on in everyday religion? I'd say, you know, it's pretty, pretty minimal. Like, I I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm also I haven't been involved really in too much organized religion. But from what I've seen, you know, most most basic stuff really isn't going to be focusing too much on that and it's going to be because you know especially with modern life it's, it's tough to it's tough to develop that connection yeah and that, that, i think you bring up a good point there because i find that yeah like the way you describe it i think is much more in tune with what i would kind of kind of subscribe to which is that it's not really about the actual specific religion or any religion. It's about kind of like the exploration and that journey to find connection because like right now we live in a society that's just uh, like, it's just corroded with all this toxicity of materialism and like a, like a morally devoid ruling class that just, that just gets, keeps proving that like constantly every single day and in myriad of ways you don't need to get into. But I do think that that idea of, kind of trying to get in touch with spirituality could kind of help a lot of us. Cause like, I feel this personally where I feel sometimes I just feel so apathetic and like just okay or not okay, but just kind of like put into submission that like, this is how, like where, where the world is going and that's just going to be how it's going to be. I like, I have this kind of metaphor I have in my mind right now where it's like, I feel like given like technology, social media, kind of like the information age we're in, it's like everybody's head and eyes are in like, and attention is just in a thousand different places, but our feet are glued to the ground in one place where it's like, we're, we're simultaneously so aware of like a hundred different things, but we don't do anything about it uh, because I feel right. like it's just such a, we're just like, we feel like so disconnected with it at the same time. Yeah. I mean, especially with, you know, Twitter and just social media and whatever. I mean, it's easy to see just all of the ills in the world and give one's opinion on all of those things, which, you know, is that, that has its place, you know, sure. But it definitely doesn't take the place of like concrete political action. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, it just definitely gives you the feeling that there's, there's not much you, you know, you could definitely get into a kind of void, I guess, with that shit where you're just like, you know, there's really not much I could do. Uh, you know, I'm just going to see all of these, these things. And yeah, eventually you kind of become numb to them, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do, do you find you're like an optimistic person? Or are you jaded when it comes to like, I guess, being generically or generally, sorry, hopeful for like the future? Do you, are you one of those people that think like things are just going to continue getting worse? Or do you feel like like the humankind or whatever is going to like write the ship at some point in the future? Oh, that's a t- I mean, I think... The best way of putting it is like I was watching this. I'm a big fan of uh, the Moderate Rebels uh, YouTube channel, uh, Max Blumenthal. Uh, that's his channel. He's like a journalist, and him and Ben Norton. I, I want to say, yeah, I think it's Ben Norton. Um, and they, they, they were. Uh, I forget the name of the guy they were interviewing, but they were kind of talking about the future of America and the future of just, you know, yeah, just generally America and. But obviously, you know, that, that plays into, you know, the, the fate of the, the world, I guess, to a degree, because America's involved in so many different countries, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they were, they were, you know, I think Ben Norton was saying how, I forget who, who said it, but, you know, one of them said they were pretty jaded and, you know, just feeling like there was no good that could possibly come out of, you know, the situation. And, you know, I, I on, on many levels, I do, do feel that. But um, the other person they were interviewing said something to the effect of, you know, you kind of have to have a revolutionary optimism and believe in just the people and just people in general, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise because you, you, you kind of like, it's a luxury to, to not have that optimism in a sense. Yeah. Like, you, like if, if you really want to make a change or, you know, in any degree in your life and whatever, you have to believe that it like, even on a very small scale, you have to believe that you can do that and that it's possible. So I feel like having like both of those things, like as far as just like where I see the ship going, like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I definitely don't have, you know, we're, we're definitely hitting the glacier, so to speak. Like yeah. it's, it, it ship, 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 ship going down. But, you know, I, I do, you know, have faith in individual, you know, people and people as a whole that, that, you know, they could only take so much or, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly what I have faith that the result will be or something, but, you know, I do have faith that there, there, that people, you know, desire something greater and, you know, maybe something, better can come out of that i i don't know uh but you know i i would like to i would like to think that all right yeah yeah i think i think that idea of revolutionary optimism that's actually i swear i may have heard that in the last like week or so i don't know if i was talking with like my therapist or something about that but that that idea is that's a really powerful statement revolutionary optimism that's good yeah i I, I could could try to find i'll try to find the uh the, the you know the interview was pretty good in a lot of ways, but that yeah, was yeah, one yeah, thing. Yeah, that send it over after. Like, I'd love to me. check it out. On the Sabbath, the day said, had you claim that you want peace, but don't act with the same intent. There's allies and enemies, neighbors and friends. Rather have a comrade in the struggle, we break and bread. Your music just kind of like, it really like sparks so many like different thoughts in my mind. Like, you have this, uh, you have this one skit uh, that you have on, I think it's Creation Nihilio. I don't know how to say any of these names. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but where you're like, yeah, where the guy's speaking about entropy, and which is just for the listener here, it's the measure of organization or like basically the, the degree of randomness or the idea, concept of randomness. And what I took from that skit, which really like never even heard this in my life until listening to that song, which is great, is that 
basically the guy was saying that there's kind of a flaw in the whole big bang theory um, idea in that it goes against the second law of thermodynamics in that randomness should be decreasing if we move back in time. Yet there was this big giant event of, of giant random nature occurring so many years ago in the, the big bang theory. And I don't know if I even butchered that, but if I was on the correct, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it, I, I'm, you know, I, this is not my strong suit of, of knowledge, really. I, I, it's a little bit of a gap I need to, uh, you know, work on, but, but I did want to have something scientific in the, in the uh, album. Mm -hmm. I was talking a lot about just the, you know, the different yugas and the different cycles of time and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was looking for different, like more of, cause I, I was, there was also a, a, a Jewish guy that I had a, initially on third temple period. I ended up taking it out just because I felt like I kind of had too many skits, I guess, or just at least like, I felt like there was an, it was enough mm -hmm. kind of in that regard. But he was just talking about like the days of creation and how he, he you know, in, in the Jewish thing, we're kind of nearing the last day of creation and the sap, the, you know, the Sabbath, where there, you know, will be a, some kind of <laughs> crazy war and this, that, and the other thing. So to me, that kind of matched with what he was talking about, you know, with, with the Kali Yuga, the idea that it's a time, you know, that's the time of spiritual degradation that then, you know, will morph into something else, but that's like the lowest point of humanity. And then to get to mm -hmm. something better, you need to go through this, this lowest point. So in my, in my view, I just kind of view things in a more cyclical way. Cause even when you look at nature, you look at, you know, the seasons, the life and death of crops, like all these different things where it's one thing, like, I don't know. It, to me, the linear view of time, is like, it, it makes sense. Like it, that does exist, but then what does that then lead to? Right. Like, yeah. what, what is it like? Okay. Like they'll, even in Judaism, okay. Like there will be this big end. God Magog will come and, you know, fuck some shit up and destroy shit. till only the elect are left, like whatever, whatever the case may be. But then, you know, then what comes after that? Right. Yeah. And then like, does the whole thing not repeat? Like, or is that just then there's like literally an end of time? Like, I, you know, I don't fucking know. Maybe, maybe there is, but you know, to me, the whole cyclical element, you know, of Hinduism does make more sense in, the, in that, you know, the Kali Yuga. And then, you know, then after that age of, of, you know, darkness and then, you know, something like something like a spring can come, but you know, even the spring is fighting against the winter. So even if as you know, the Kali Yuga is going into the, to, into the, Wapara Yuga, where things are getting a little more spiritual, right? And it's not a it's not a golden age, but it's like you know, kind of the beginning of spring, where you're getting a little more sun, and the sun is fighting against the cold, or you know, something mm -hmm. to that effect. So yeah. I wanted something scientific in the album to, to that kind of captures that, and that was the idea of like our infinity being then the beginning of somebody else's big bang. Like that was kind of the part that I was. Um, okay. really interested yeah, in and would like, there, to, yeah. would like to, to study more of that because I feel like those two views definitely kind of fit. And especially in, in the, uh, the Hindu concept of like a day of Brahma being like, I think like 4.32 or something like that, you know, billion solar years. Right. Uh, like, and that's like one day. And then there's like a night of Brahma. So it's like, to me, like, okay, so a day and then a night, like infinity, big bang, like, you know, it all kind of, not to say it just all fits together and it's a neat picture of what, what everything is, but you know, that is some scientific evidence that does, you know, it does, it does make some nice connections to that. So that, 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 that was the purpose in putting that get in yep. there. And then yep. I was trying to get across, but oh, yeah, I, feel that. As, and I, I, you know, I, I definitely, from a scientific perspective, I definitely don't have the, the, you know, 
the real the real whole story, I guess. But I, I got it. No, that's true. You still have like a, a very good understanding. Like that definitely taught me a lot just in that that one sense. Um, as I uh, kind of I want to transition to more of like the concrete music talk. There's so much I want to talk about still. Uh, just wanted to point out that you're mentioning like Kaliuga, and obviously that's mentioned a lot on the album Dispatches uh, from the mm-hmm. Kaliuga. You should check out a, a show, Sacred Games. It's a Hindi show actually, but it's one of like the best shows I've seen in my lifetime, and it's it's getting really? like crazy crazy reviews. But it's a uh, cinematography just on that sense it actually it's like one of the most high budget shows i've seen like it has a very a-list uh kind of bollywood actor but there this is like incredibly mm. dark show like there's there's no there's no dancing there's no singing numbers uh but it, it explores like i don't want to give it away but it's a very religious kind of like narrative it's based on a book there's two seasons and it's like genuinely an incredible show cinematography way but it it one of the big parts yeah. of the show is based on yeah, like a, a guru like and like a and a thing he's trying to do related to the idea of Kali Yuga. Like I don't want to spoil anything more, but quite a quite a good show to check out. I'll send you the link after this. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. I, I yeah. definitely gotta watch that. Yeah, it's it's great. Burning like sins till its image is glass. Thank God, give to my work what my penmanship lack. One thing I've been always thinking about as soon as I kind of stumbled upon your music, your name, Iceberg Theory, which is, for those that don't know, it's a reference to the Hemingway writing style of explicitly communicating only part of the kind of overall meaning and leaving the rest for the reader or the listener in this case to interpret for themselves. So I want to know, like, do you actively keep this approach in your mind when you write your bars or is it just kind of a like a dope name that you wanted to use or do you like actually try to adhere to that consciously when you write um i think at this point it's a little bit second nature i guess like it's just kind of what the writing style is rather than something i'm doing consciously mm-hmm. um it's, it's funny because i did I, I think i spoke about this a little bit with dano from free music empire and and you know about like yeah, like certain yeah. lines and certain stuff and it's like i, I don't want to break down every like me to break down a line like I, I could do it like in certain lines like are even better than i i would like explain i guess you know mm-hmm. like there's there's more to it than i would even i'm just like yeah that was that was because he was asking me a few and i'm like yeah yeah that's the line you know what i mean like, <laughs> but 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 it's there definitely is more that because just in, in language there's so many different resonances um and e- even the idea of the iceberg theory like I mean, it, 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 it's just to translate that to, to music, you know, it, it's a different game because the way he was doing it was to write, you know, very journalistically and, and just very basically, like all of his, you know, writing was super straightforward. I mean, maybe not all of it, but, you know, like it, it was in a sense, pretty, pretty like straightforward description wise and just kind of giving you what's happening without telling you much about how the characters mm-hmm. are feeling and the kind of the you know their feelings underneath the story but like you still got those elements so then when he ends something and he just has like you know it, when he has like that an end line it's just like it ties up everything so nicely because it's like all of that that all of the uh resonances and all of the things you know that weren't like really explicitly stated like all are with you in a sense to me to, to put that to put that in in music you know to put that in music my writing style definitely isn't exactly that because some of the you know there's more references it's more stream of consciousness it's more all, all, all of those kind of things i but i would say that 
yeah, a lot of the language has multiple meanings. Um, you know, not, not everything. Um, <laughs> some things I'm just saying it, I'm saying some things I'm saying, and they're just pretty uh, straightforward, mm-hmm. but you know, just because then also the iceberg theory, I feel like there's also something that gets looked at in a Freudian way as well. So in a sense, like where, where, you know, we have this unconscious and like anything you're saying is that a representation of that unconscious. So in a sense, like whether, whether you would even want to or not, like there, there's going to be more in your writing, especially when you do it in a stream of consciousness way that's tapping into that, you know, tapping into the, the that hidden part of your mind, then you're going to get extra resonances and meanings and connections, you know? So it's kind of like, you can't help but write in the iceberg theory in a sense when you write in a certain style Yeah. And when you're accessing that part of your mind. So yeah, sometimes it's more conscious than others. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I really want like a double, triple entendre, whatever the case may be. And other times it's just, you know, like, let me just try to say something pretty straightforward and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe it hits someone else in another way that I didn't even think of. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's kind of what I expected. I, I, I would be surprised, honestly, if you, if you were like consciously thinking, because at this point you've made so much music over your, your career, you've written so much, as you mentioned with poetry and all that, like, I feel like at this point, it's so, such a second nature for you, but it does lead to why, like, honestly, your music is like the definition of replay value because it's, it's, it is like, it just demands you listen to it again, just by the nature of how it's made. So that definitely leads it to being very interesting. That's why I always like really, really high on a lot of the output you've put out recently, especially. Yeah, um, I, appreciate I appreciate that. I definitely want to have, you know, stuff that, I mean, that, that that's like the best compliment I could get. Cause you know, I, I definitely don't want, want to make something that. Like it's disposable. You know, once you, play, once, like once you, yeah. Yeah, you get, you get the whole, you get everything you can get out of it. So yeah. To yeah me, totally. if, if someone could revisit it and be like, yeah, I, you know, a year later and be like, Oh man, I, I, let me, let me look at, let me look up that reference, you know, see, see what that is. Let me do some research of my own or, or just, or some line hits you in a different way. Like, you know, to me that's like, that's cause music does that all the time for me. Like I'll be listening to his album like a year later and I'll be like, Oh, oh yeah. You know, cause, yeah. Cause, cause you know. uh, descendants of Cain. Like I heard it. I mean, I listened to it like maybe a month ago, like a lot again after it kind of had fell out of my rotation and yeah it just it just hit so much differently i was like oh my god i didn't catch these lines like now i understand this song completely differently so i i totally i totally yeah i totally feel that um on to your actual like your latest album here uh dispatches from the Kaliuga. from what i gather from like some of your like discussion with you and just kind of like the feeling overall based on like the reception i've seen online from the work is it feels like it's like a real culmination of uh your work so far with august and mm. feels like your biggest quote-unquote album yet like so what what do you think differentiates this album dispatches from the Kali yuga from your previous work um i mean it's kind of going on the same formula more or less uh i mean there are a couple songs in there that are a little bit older so you know we definitely like like uh, the one with Sketch, that one, which he fucking killed. Oh, yeah. That one was ridiculous, <laughs> you know? But that one was, like, that was one of the first songs me and August, like, recorded, like, years ago. So and that we were, like, waiting for the right album to put on. So, you know, there were a couple of those. But generally, you know, it, it kind of was just working. I mean, it kind of was the same process. But I think just over the time, I had, you know, got gotten better. I think I, I think I like my I think we're just you know going harder than we did when we first started 
making music. So I think, you know, just by that natural progression and then that mixed with, I think just the concept of the album itself, like the other albums do, I think they each have like their own concept that, you know, uh, it, it's, they're all, they're all, I mean, I love, the, I love them all <laughs> like, mm-hmm. to a degree, but you know, uh, I think that the dispatches from the Caliuga, especially a couple of listeners had, you know, mentioned that because, you know, if, if we're actually, in the Caliuga, you know, like yeah. I feel like that's just that, like that, that, that there's like a certain urgency to it, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put maybe it. Some of the maybe some of the other albums, you know, didn't didn't have quite quite to the degree. It's also an angrier album, I guess. So maybe maybe when you have that 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 you know, it's a little more passionate, which maybe brought more people on. Yeah, I know. I feel that. I actually think the urgency is a good. Uh, a good word and i think it's actually not like i did i did kind of do i did feel the i guess passion or anger at times is more pronounced on this album but i also find to, especially towards the end of the project there was more kind of like climax like moments there was more like beautiful like like it, it felt more of like an ebb and flow emotionally than i think mm-hmm. um i think some of your previous work had because it, yeah because of that urgency it felt like more immediate and like uh, this is important kind of feeling I, I get. And uh, yeah, again, it just, once again, it fits so nicely with kind of the actual real world. So I think it hits, it hits so much. And, the, and the guests, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't. Yeah. yeah and the guests, the dispatch I mean, is just, part of it. Yeah. Uh, it's just, just, yeah. Because there were so many different people contributing and that, that also, <laughs> you know, I, I was kind of, I'd written so much. I was just like, you know what, like, let me let, and, and I, I wanted to reach out to some people for uh features and and you know working with them so i was kind of like okay let let me let me focus on like if i'm going to do a do a verse let me focus on just doing one really good verse and let someone else do like another really good verse rather than being like okay either let me make it really short or let me just then do a second verse and then have to write even more i was Mm kind of just like all right you know what i want to write i want to rhyme but like (laughs) i kind of don't want to rap like you know like three full verses on every track or whatever. Right. So that, that, you know, by getting other people and allowing them to shine, I thought, I think that's obviously, you know, a strong, I mean, a, a lot of the albums do have, you know, great guests, but this album definitely has the most out of, yeah out of anyone. And I've, I've also always liked, you know, being in a group element, like me and Tokyo Cigar, that's how we came up. Like, you know, or still well, Tokyo has been doing it longer than I have, but you know, at least how I came up with him when, uh, you know, in the plexiglass fountain, like that was our first, you know, group together. Mm-hmm. And when we did that, I was, was that, so that was my first introduction. I mean, I, again, I'd rhymed before too, but you know, that's how we kind of came up, like just rhyming as a group, going off of one another and going off of someone else's energy. So I always liked that element. Like obviously Wu-Tang is like a huge influence. So the fact that, you know, you can have like a Raekwon album and like Ghost Faces, you know, on it all the time like i love that sort of element Mm -hmm. so the fact that now you know more people were willing to work and wanting to be a part of it you know i wanted to take advantage of that and you know be able to work with all the people i've always wanted to work with and you know that that i I definitely got a lot of collaborations that i've you know that i'm happy i got got to do yeah yeah totally yeah and and i i think that's one of the one of the definitely what differentiates that album just from the construction is the features and that it, it led me to definitely check out so many of these artists some of them again like I was a familiar with but I didn't really listen to them that closely so it was a good real good starting point for anybody trying to enter into this uh world of rap here 
Um, yeah, but I hope I, I hope that's the case. I hope a lot. I hope you know. Yeah, you know, I every, everyone I got on the album, you know, I, I I feel is you know more than worthy of checking out on their own. So I mean, mm-hmm. I, I hope if if anything, you know, if any anyone gets to check them out through that, you know, I will. I'll, I'll be very happy about that. I wrote this shit in a power ride as your flashlight snow brought down the lines in the world that was masked white. Throwing locks in the fire, pray it lasts for the night. Outside, I could hear the wind whisper my last rites. One of the things we remiss to not mention and discuss a bit, because I'm, I'm so curious about this part, is that your biggest collaborator, your most frequent, August Fanon, the great producer, who's, for those unaware, yeah. he's has some just stellar credits to his name. Particularly, I really got a clo- uh, familiar with him in his uh, work with Makami in his famed 2017 run where he dropped so many projects with August and they were all just fantastic. But as well as his work with Billy Woods, Elucid, and now Ice. So how did you guys first develop your relationship? We started working on Twitter, like, well, just from Twitter, we, we linked uh, about, you know, probably like four years ago now, some, something to that effect, four or five years. And yeah, we do, you know, August was willing to give me a chance on, uh, you know, working. And he, he, you know, I guess he saw something, something in me, you know, I don't think I was quite as polished during that time, but you know, he definitely saw some potential and, you know, was willing to work. So, you know, I got, I'll always appreciate him immensely for that. Because you know, not 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 many superstar legendary producers are gonna you know take take the chance on a virtually unknown artist. So to me, that 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 was tremendous. And uh, yeah, then we've just been pretty much working ever since. Yeah, and like, how do you guys uh, how do you guys approach an album together? Do you do you find you're like co-creating the the lyrical vision, or is it one of those things where you kind of have that, and then August gonna you speak with him, discuss, and then he takes that and creates the soundtrack to it, or is it more of like a fluid situation? Um, generally, you know, we'll discuss. I mean, we discuss stuff outside of music that you know can can end up influencing the 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 album, but generally, um, you know, he he sends just a shitload of beats. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's always working, so he'll, he'll, you know, constantly send, you know, new, new folders of beats that he's working on, and then to, to a number of his collaborators. So, you know, once you're on the list, I'm, you know, then I'm, I'm you know, when he was, you know, especially when the pandemic started, he was going, like, absolutely bonkers. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, he's so much like, projects. Some days it'd be, it'd be two, it'd be like, you know, in the morning, I get, like, a thing of 10 beats, you know, and then it'd be like right to some of those and then by the evening i'm getting like you know an, another set so you know so, so some days were like that which are just incredible and you know all of them are just like stuff i would want to rap to like I, you know and that stuff so, anyway yeah so we were working like that so generally generally he lets me do what you know my my thing I, you know i, I approach songs pretty you know i got i got i have my way of approaching songs mm-hmm. and he has his way of approaching beats so and he, you know, he just is so prolific that he kind of, he provides, a, I guess, an array of soundscapes that then I can, you know, just pick what, you know, will influence the ultimate vision. Yeah. And speaking of like prolific, uh, both of you really are prolific. So uh, this leads me to just ask, I always have this kind of thoughts going on in my mind and sometimes I have different conclusions to it. I think it vastly depends on the artist, but 
given the fact that you've released so many projects at once or not at once, but very close together, what do you say to those people that think you're releasing too much music or, or do you just pay that no mind? Like, what is your approach on like spacing out music or just kind of creating and delivering and dropping the music as, as it comes out? Uh, I think, I mean, I think in th this particular year or, or last year in you know, 2020, I had a very particular vision in, uh, in mind as far as just dropping as much as possible. One, because I had the time and, you know, mental space to do it, but then also just to get a little more awareness, which, you know, at the beginning of the year, I definitely didn't have. So, you know, and, uh, you know, not to say that so many people recognize me now, but, you know, we definitely had somewhat of a, you know, a, pre a pretty powerful uptick as far as the amount of people and, you know, the quality of listener that's paying attention. So, I think that, that both of those, you know, that, that element did help of doing that. Um, you know, as far as the quantity of the music, I would say, to me, it depends on, it, it, you know, is it, is it quality? Is it, does each one bring something new to the table? You know, to a degree, you know, if, if you're not really a, a fan of what I'm doing, or even if you are, even if you are, maybe you'd say it's too, too much. I don't know. I mean, for some people, I know every time I drop, they're going to get each album and they're happy I dropped it, you know, as long as it's good. So, if, if, you know, until until they start telling me that, yeah, you're, you're you know, this isn't bringing anything new to the table. I've already heard this, you know, whatever, then I, I, I don't see any any reason to, you know, do less. I mean, now I feel like I doing less is a little bit of a luxury. And now I maybe would like to now that, I, you know, maybe devote some time to other other pursuits like I mentioned with the, you know, TV and, and my novel and stuff like that. And I, you know, hopefully I have enough of a following that, you know, if I don't drop something like every single month, you know, when I do drop, people will be like, Oh yeah, yeah. I've been waiting on that. You know, but like yeah, in the yeah, beginning, totally. in, before the run, you know, no, that there were very few people who, who would be, you know, really ultimately waiting on, on that, you know, eventual album. So I think that from that perspective, that's kind of what I had to do to get to, I mean, not to say I couldn't have done it better. Like as far as like my actual releasing the shit, like I talked to some people about it sometime when they're like talking about their rollouts. And this especially came up with, uh, with me, me and Scorsese, uh, rest in peace, man. Fuck. Uh, we're talking about our album, mm -hmm. you know, and he, the way he, he worked on his, his rollouts were so, so much more intentional than mine. You know, like me, me and August would be like, okay, like we got the mixes. This is pretty much good. I got the cover. Like, okay, like maybe let's drop it this day. You know, like yeah. sometimes it's like we're doing it the same day. Like I got the mixes and then drop, you know, like as soon as, as soon as we're ready and just like super uh, off the cuff, I guess. Yeah, but, I, would say, I would say that it felt different with the dispatches. And the reason we like, I think the first time we actually spoke uh, other than like replies or something was, was I think, cause you put a call out, like you were, you made it a point that you wanted to up your kind of marketing promotion game, I guess you could say, um, with yeah. dispatches. And I think that was a good call because it felt like something special, like it's going to be something different. It's, yeah, it's funny because my friend, my friend, uh, Greg, blessed assistant, he said, uh, who's on, a, you know, Alexandria and a couple of the other albums. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, um, I've uh, yeah, yeah, I reviewed his uh, project with Al Patron, I think, last episode. Oh, that's dope. Really, yeah, really yeah. interesting, I, man. I, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, that's, that's awesome that, that, that you guys are talking. Uh, I, I, I love that. But he, he had mentioned that, uh, you know, before Caliuga dropped, you know, that he, he had a, he like had a dream about it or something because I was talking about it so much. Like, it, it is somehow, like, seeped into his, like, unconscious. 
that that kind of uh, drop and you know lead up to the album definitely helped where people had that sort of expectation. And you know, not to say it, it affected everyone that strongly, obviously, mm-hmm. but you know, there definitely were more people who were just like, yeah, they're talking about it a lot. Like, so I think that element of it does help. Uh, you know, I think to a degree, like I've kind of found myself that I, I don't really like doing too much of that shit though. Like, you know, like this is probably the last interview I'm doing in, you know, a little bit of time. Like, yeah. I don't have the stomach to like talk to like every single person that wants to theoretically talk. So like, mm-hmm. you know, da- me, 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 me and me and me and, you know, Dan O talk. And then like a month later, I'm like, okay, I, I could, you know, do another one of these or something like that. Some people are going to go on like every, you know what I mean? They're going to go on every, you know, radio show, every whatever, you know, uh, do a million videos, uh, you know, uh, album trailers, this, that, or the other thing. And like, you know, I definitely want to incorporate, incorporate more of that. But I think, I think I'm not, I don't see myself really as the artist that's going to go too crazy on that. But, you know, maybe that'll change though. I could see that changing as time goes on and, and it's more about creating like, you know, is when I think about following this up, I definitely do think that the rollout has to be part of it. So, you know, it's a little, it's a little bit of each where, where, you know, I really like the off the cuff, just kind of like Daniel Johnston esque, like just, just, mm-hmm. you know, putting shit out without really a care in the world. But then at the same time, you know, when I look at the results of what each one, each one of those drops does, like I think cumulatively, you know, the, the run definitely helped and definitely got a lot more people aware, but like, as far as like mileage per album, like, did I get, you know, did I get as much as I could have out of each album? Like, you know, definitely not. Like, I feel like a lot of those albums have, you know, there's a lot more potential in them for, for, you know, promotion and, and, you know, what, what could have been, I guess. So Mm -hmm. that's to a degree, unfortunate, um, you know, from, from a perspective of a business perspective, I guess, but just from a music perspective, I I don't really care that much. I think it's all about authentic authenticity at the end of the day. Like if it's pretty clear to the, the audience, if someone's promoing an album, like in a way where you can just tell, like they're just forcing it and all that. So whether you go really hard on it, some people, it's just so natural for them to just be so on social media, creating, like you said, trailers and all that. So it's all about authenticity. I think, I think people responded well overall, as you described to the run. So I, I think, I think you definitely made yeah, it. Yeah, that, that was a good, that was a good, it was a good, it was a good medium ground. I mean, we did the CDs. That was good. I mean, I'd like to do more of that in the future. Time tested. The spark had never left. It's excavated. That's enteric. The message inside a message. Lame it, but I speak like a cleric. Second Vatican, ecumenical. To all dogma, antithetical. What would be like one thing or a couple things you would, you want people generally to take from your music like is it like a feeling a specific feeling is it like the sense of like understanding more about spirituality and uh, uh religion or philosophy like what would be like something you'd love if people grabbed from your music after listening to it i mean yeah i mean yeah i guess i mean i don't know i'm not trying to like you know uh convert people or something oh yeah uh, yeah, you know. yeah yeah <laughs> i mean you know i mean i don't know i don't really i guess some degree i don't you know if it's just entertainment i mean if, if you're entertained if you're you know if you get you know some some stuff you want to look up and and learn more about you know that's cool um if you you know somehow are able to get some emotion out of it uh you know if it gets someone through through a tough time or something i mean that's a little cliche but you know obviously if it does help anyone in that kind of way like that's you know appreciated and you know if it's 
I'm, I'm you know, lucky to be able to do so because I know a lot of music helps me through that. So, you know, to create that for someone else is, is dope. But, you know, I don't think I have too much specific that I really have a message that I'm trying to get across necessarily beyond yeah. what's just getting them, you know, I don't know if I have anything that's like, you know, people got to get this one, this one thing or whatever. So like you said, like when you said it in one of the reviews, like just like the way, you know, if it makes you think in a certain way, that, that, that's what I'm trying to do more than anything else. I don't, I don't, I'd rather activate your own mind. In a yeah, sense that's, than, that's a good than, way of putting than, it. That's what it do does. Something, yeah. have like something that I'm like, oh, this is what I, I you know, because even a lot of things that I'm saying, I don't know how much I even believe them or don't believe them. Like, especially like in stuff like Sophia Perennis, like you talk a lot about like evolution and shit like that. And I'm like, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't fucking know. Yeah. That presents that one conversation particular going. thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. It just, it, it, that presents one thing. And then in another, in another album, I might present something that, you know, a point of view that's completely counter to that. So it just, it's just, because a lot of things live in a lot of different, you know, a lot of emotions, a lot of thoughts, philosophies, and, you know, I feel like that we're so conflicted in a lot of ways. And so, our, you know, our thoughts are so, or our belief systems are, are very contradictory. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if somehow the music makes you, you know, kind of explore that or explore something within yourself, then that I think is more valuable than saying, oh, yeah, because I really don't, none of the songs really have any particular kind of message, I don't think. Like, I'm not like trying to, be, you know what I mean? It's not like it's like, like some songs I feel like have a very strong like this yeah, is what they're yeah, trying to tell it's you. Like a, yeah. But it's like, I don't know, that's not generally something I try to do too much. No, I think I think the way you, I think that's that's kind of how I feel as well when I listen uh, to your music. Uh I have one last question before I wanted to just kind of wrap with like some quick kind of speed round kind of questions. Uh I know I in speaking with you before and, and you've mentioned it many times on like your your Twitter and things like that on that's really beautiful. And I genuinely mean stress to those who haven't listened to this album, the beautiful closing track on dispatches from the Kali Yuga 97 cannabis. You're obviously referencing mm-hmm. the intelligent gifted lyricist uh, from the Bronx in cannabis. So could you speak to his influence uh, that he had on your music as well as if and there's any other key influences on your music that you'd like to discuss um yeah cannabis is uh cannabis is dope man um i wanted to get him on that track so that's kind of what what that that title i was going on a big guy cannabis listening spree and especially some of his uh, his other albums not i mean 97 was obviously his like big run with features and all that but like even some of his like later stuff like i didn't even know he had a whole album with like bronze nazareth so like that, yeah that, you showed that me that album i didn't even know it existed yeah either. yeah it's so, actually pretty so, dope you know yeah and it's kind of like one of those things that i, I mean i felt bad because i'm just like shit like i mean i don't know if the entire thing's like my favorite thing in the world but like you know there's certain tracks on that that are among like some of his my favorite tracks of his and it's like anyway i don't know if i had a major point on that but just check check out that album i guess it's 50 because like there, there's a lot of good shit on there and uh yes yeah, i mean his, his album was stoop that was probably the most influential in me oh yeah um, that's amazing i mean oh my god like you know shit like that like that definitely influenced me a lot at the time and just the idea of like rhyming for you know that long and just just spinning this you know bar after bar after bar and not really worrying too much about the chorus not whatever and i feel like that album was uh also in the sense that 
in a lot of his previous works, it was kind of more about like him trying to, to find a home in the mainstream. Like he would try, he would have certain songs that are clearly like, you know, going towards more of a, more of a mainstream audience, or at least like yeah. trying to, I don't think that, but, but it's kind of one of those things where I feel like that album was just the, the complete, you know, uh, brushing off of any thought of being mainstream and just being like, okay, like, you know, I mean, I think, well, I mean, the way it was made is just he gave the vocals and then Stoop, you know, did, did, did his thing on them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and crafted the songs and, you know, Stoop, obviously, you know, coming from like Jedi mind tricks, you know, he didn't really give a shit about trying to appeal to like a mainstream audience. So I feel like that's where cannabis was like most at home, like just, you know, just letting him be completely, you know, in, himself, you know, as eccentric and, you know, as like, you know, make the bars like uh, whatever you want and, and, you know, make the beats to match. So, you know, that, that element definitely influenced me besides just his own, you know, lyrical ability and stuff. Like just the fact of like that album being like, okay, like let, let me just, you know, make something that's completely in its own chamber and, you know, not really worrying about the amount of appeal or this, that or the other thing. Yeah. And I think it also speaks to the, the, the stoop, uh, the stoop influence and the stoop inclusion in that story is that, it really speaks to how important and how different it can be if the producer is kind of on the same page, because like you said, I think, yeah, he was, he was not like trying to make like club hits, but he was trying to be like the mainstream lyricist, the mainstream lyrical guy. And it just, the, the production he was given, I found a lot, a lot of times earlier in his career, just, it didn't do his justice. It wasn't like it didn't align with the subject matter I find, whereas this is just so eccentric matching it with all these like crazy Spanish music. Uh, I don't really know. Latin yeah, just music, like the time, of, yeah. It's just, it, time, and like, it was just, it was, yeah, yeah. And like I feel like it reminds me of like, or it reminds me, but it's very reminiscent of how, how you and August are and that August is, I find so similarly, he's just on the same page. I find like he doesn't need to necessarily uh, like again, you'd know, but like how aligned he is, like with all like the lyrics and understanding all the same content. But just the the soundscape is so fitting for what you're saying. It just sounds equally as climactic, epic, dystopian, whatever you want to say. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's yeah, whatever it is at the time for success. Yeah, I mean August beats always like there's just like different different times, I guess, and you know each each one has a a, di- a different feeling, I guess. So there's like there's like just whenever you get into that, like he just is able to create like a certain beat that like matches my like inner landscape at mm-hmm. the time. And it's like, to me, that's like this, you know, the strongest thing about our, our working relationship and our collaboration where it's just, you know, n- not a lot of producers. I mean, even like I'll, I'll work with a lot of producers and I, I mean, I definitely am working with more people this year. So there'll, there'll definitely be some more uh, outside collaborations as well. But, you know, at the same time, like, just from a consistency basis and just like not, there's not many producers that could capture that, that, that have something that's so perfectly aligned with, you know, what I'm feeling at the time that just, you know, makes me just kind of want to write or like need to write, you know, so that, that's, that's, you know, shout out to August. <laughs> okay. So I now want to just wrap with just some quick, quick fire questions. Uh, you know, like feel free to like say you don't have an answer, but I think they're, I feel like you'll probably have an answer to most of these. Uh, so first question is like, what's, what is in your opinion, the best woo solo project? Uh, liquid swords. That's my liquid favorite. Swords. I thought you were going to say that. Yeah. I'd say yeah. for me, it's liquid swords or Cuban links, but I, I go for 
Cuban links usually. I mean, they're, to me, they're, they're equal. They're equal to me. They're equally good. I just, you know, that that. Liquid Sword is more focused on the rhymes, like in a. It's just it's Jizza. That's his style. It's just I think slightly more, like a lyrical focus on that. Less of the productions, a little more minimal, uh, which I feel like would fit with what you. you yeah, like I mean, that's definitely a bigger. It's definitely a bigger influence to me than. I mean, both obviously both are tremendous. So I mean, I, to me, yeah. like I said, they're to me. I'd both give them. I'd give them both tens. So at that point, it's just kind of like, what do you prefer? And it's mm-hmm. like that. That just happens to be what I prefer. But you know. But, it's by a pretty thin margin. Yeah. Um, what is the best project that you didn't make? So not related to you, not involved with you, uh, that you heard in 2020. Sleep shit is dope. Love sleep shit. Um, I mean, I was on that shit. <laughs> Are you talking about in August. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that a, that's a dope project. I'm actually going to yeah. check. I'm going to review that next episode. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I like that album. Uh, Vic Vic's album. I've got. A, I know I'm going to be forgetting a lot of people. Um, the Arm and Hammer Shrines. That shit was incredible. You know, uh, I mean, pretty pretty much all the shit in your. I mean, all, all the things you listed in your your top albums. Uh, you know, Fat Boy Sharif. His album was fucking crazy. Oh I love yeah, that, love that album. I, you know, I know you're talking about that one a lot, which I'm glad it's getting the shine there too, because that's that's crazy. Uh, just all the shit my friends are making. Depth. Yeah, she put out some dope shit. Uh, you know, just all the people I'm working with are, are you know, I don't know. They, they're all putting out a lot a lot of heat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's what's a rapper that you like that you, or maybe just let's say an artist in general, maybe if it's easier. What's an artist that you really like that you think people wouldn't expect you'd like? Uh, I've, I've been listening to more country music, country music lately. I like some oh. country. I've been getting into some of that. So maybe, maybe. Do you uh, like, uh, like Sturgill Simpson? Glazer. Do you like Sturgis Simpson or know who he is? I don't think I know. I don't think I know him. Oh, he's like outlaw, outlaw country. He's definitely like pretty popular. Like I've actually seen him live. Uh, he's okay. really dope. It's very like, I mean, I'm not, I can't say like I'm super well-versed, but he, it's kind of like the outlaw country style, very good voice. Uh, but it's, it's more like, yeah, like the outlaw country style. It's not bro country or anything like that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not versed at all. I'm, I'm, I'm really just discover, just starting to discover that, that, and make, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little, little into it. Uh, and then Hump Jones, he sent me like a shit kicking country mix, <laughs> you know. So he, he sent me like, you know, twenty country tracks. So I've been playing those and getting into some of those artists, and you know, there's definitely some good shit out there. And the, the you know, it surprised me. I mean. I don't know why I was so surprised, but just like the musicianship, I guess, in some of those songs, uh, a little bit like the, it's a little bit richer than I than I expected. Like I kind of expected like a motherfucker on like a banjo or something. I, right. I don't know why, yeah. but you know, the, or, or or just like your super poppy like shit that you have today. You know, you know, yeah, that's that, that, like, that's like genuinely like, like the worst genre of music, in my opinion. Like, yeah, I mean, is... that's why people say that's why people will say like, oh, I don't, you know, I, I listen to everything but country. Like people say, you know, but yeah, it's because of the radio, I, I, man. That's a, that's a stupid, that's a stupid thing. To, I mean, that's yeah. as dumb as saying, oh, I listen to everything but rap or something. I mean, and it's honestly like, oh, the same thing. It's the same thing. Rap. Rap's just kind of. I feel like mainstream rap has recovered from at least from a like yeah mainstream perspective. It recovered from the early mid 2000s where it was really just like the most generic like like commercial stuff but i feel like the mainstream rap even on the radio is a lot i find my opinion like just better more lyrical more more substantive so that kind of refrain isn't as common but yeah it's the same idea it's like yeah okay you don't like little john that isn't what rap 
is only if you don't like crunk music like stop like, yeah there's so many yeah, other artists style, just yeah, like in country too style. yeah yeah so yeah so that that definitely is something i've been getting into more and want to want to dig a little deeper because you know especially like living out living out in the country i'm just like oh, this kind of fits the this kind of fits the uh, scenery a bit yeah so. okay that's that's interesting I didn't expect that uh what's a producer you'd love to work with but you haven't had the chance to as of yet i don't want to blank it i am working with a couple of people I've, I've really wanted to work with um so I, I could say that um like we got a couple uh i got a couple of joints in the stash with uh messiah music oh so i'm excited sure. about that awesome. uh, yeah me, me and Ed glorious we got a couple things going um uh, and that's that's all a lot of that's for uh the watchers project with uh it's like a group project that I've talked a little bit about on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that, that I'm definitely working with some, some other people as well. Um, Fleetwood, he's in the group. I, I've worked a lot with, so he's a new producer I'm working with, uh, Fleetwood DeVille and his shit's fucking incredible. And I have some of my best rhymes share some of his beats. So, and that's all, like, again, all for that. Um, yeah, as far as, uh, I don't know. I mean, there, yeah, there are a lot of bigger names, like, you know, obviously like Alchemist, shit like that. Uh, mm-hmm uh you know uh, the main you know like <laughs> like mad Lib, obviously but like I, there are also a lot of people in the underground too that i'd like to work with but you know at the same time i also like want to keep work doing like i don't know when it comes to like the, the music i want to make I, I generally prefer keeping it you know close to close to home yeah so no i i, I mean you know mainly mainly producers i'm working with are either the people in the watchers you know a couple other people outside of that um and then august obviously and then also i'd like to do maybe a self-produced project yeah so i would like that, i've been starting to get much more into your your uh your produ- production work and it, it's definitely very impressive one uh one producer i'd like to speak into existence it's uh preservation i feel like listening to oh, a lot of his music yeah, recently, yeah, like yo, his yo, sound, that, 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 yeah. yeah no that that, that i should have that that blanked on them, him, dude. That's I I already got the fucking thing. I I already got the thing because you know you have you have ice and you have preservation, so the whole thing would be cryo preservation. Oh so shit! Like, yeah, that, <laughs> that, 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 that's got that it. Especially if sleep was on that, because I on a sleep album, I was like, yo, it's cryo preservation, ice and sleep. So like, if you had all of us together on something, yeah, that oh, would be man. fucking just, just ridiculous. Okay, well let's let's hope for that then. Let's hope for that. Yeah, pres- pres- preservation. He follows me on Twitter, so you know that's that's the first. You know, first You're building, building a cred here, so like like I'm I wouldn't be surprised to see that in in 2021. I would not be surprised at all. What's like one thing that uh, kind of like the COVID pandemic, but just like 2020, like what what was something you learned about yourself or learned about the world that like you didn't know going into 2020? about the world um, or just in general like i don't know i don't, any, I don't know I don't, yeah i mean not that i haven't learned i mean it's just kind of i feel like 2020 was just like a culmination of like what what what, what i've felt about the world and then it's right got, you know this is like a manifestation of like clearly like some of the worst you know shit i feel like mm-hmm. so that 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 uh as far as myself um well i got i got you know just moving out completely on my own um, you know, li- living alone, I-, I like that. Um, I mean, not that I didn't know I would like that, but you know, that that's just definitely just learning how to just you know be in more solitude and not relying on other people. 
and you know other people's companionship and company and stuff i guess that's something that you know you have to deal with when you're you know don't have too many people around right so, i guess yeah. i guess i'd say maybe, maybe that okay but i still talk to so many, i still talk to so many people on a daily basis too that sometimes you know it's 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 because uh, for work i'm always talking to people and then you know music wise i'm always working with so many different uh, artists that you know people are always sending tracks and whatnot okay okay yeah that that's uh like i feel being a lot of i feel like a lot of people learned stuff about uh being on their own this year it's definitely it's a good there's good there's some good learning to have from there a lot of self self-awareness self-understanding i think is is always a positive. Okay, so my last question here is what does 2021 have in store for you? What do you got planned? Yeah, so we got the the Watchers, um, that album, that's the main thing I've been working on. Um, me and August, we're always working. Um, me and Scorsese, uh, we have uh, our album, that one, um, you know, I got to figure out with uh, his, his record label, he's subordinate, what we want to do with that and how we're going to finish it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I know he would want that to be finished and out there. So, you know, that, that's something we've been, we've been working on for a little while. So, so that's definitely something. Um, and then a, a lot of production with people. I mean, I got uh, the Mantis albums dropping and uh, $2 just dropped, $2 will just dropped something. Mm -hmm. uh, Blood Blixing dropped an album with my production. Uh, Biza, he's dropping stuff on my production. I mean, I mean, a lot, a lot of people are, you know, I, I've sent beats out for a while. So, you know, I think some of those will start to, you know, come to fruition from all the people I've sent stuff to, but probably, probably laying low a little bit on that. Um, you know, I mean, definitely some drops, but not, not quite as numerous on um, the watchers. That's going to be the main, the main, main course, probably. Um, most of my recordings been on, been on that, you know, I, I don't know who knows, uh, you know, when the time strikes, you know, if I want to make an album, I'll make an album and drop something. So I'm sure there might be more that I, that I'm, uh, saying now. But yeah, I, I definitely want to take the time to work on some of these other things too, like with the you know TV show, other scripts, um, my book. I really want to finish my book. That's like something mm -hmm. that's kind of eating at me, and I feel like it's a little tough to do both. So I'm definitely you know figuring out if I have to make that more of a main priority because yeah. it's something that's like just hanging over my head, and I need to you know I need to finish that. Yeah, at the end of the day, though, like you've had, like you said, so much music has come out that you have given people more than enough to chew on if you don't release for if you don't release for a year you that's what five projects per year at that point your averages plus that doesn't <laughs> even count any of your production and your features so i think people will be just fine yeah and, yeah. and they'll still be stuff they'll they'll be stuff like you know I, like i said like these things are coming so you know there'll they'll be there'll be multiple projects it's not going to be quite as much of a of a flood but you know They'll, they'll, they'll be music. And I think, you know, the projects are, are really dope in and of themselves. So I think they'll be, I think people will be happy with, with those. So, you know, just, just uh, bear with me, I guess, and, you know, try to appreciate each, each project because you're not going to get, you know, 12 of them most likely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. I, I, that's all I had to, to talk about all I was planning on. This has been a fantastic discussion super super uh thankful that you you jumped on the show and i yeah i just want to thank you again love what you're doing and i'm so excited to see what you got got coming up for us in the future hey appreciate that man yeah thank you thank you for having me well i'm gonna leave it there so yeah thank you again and uh, uh we'll talk soon sounds good peace man peace be well
This some shit you might have to rewind You might have to hit the books to reference half of the lines You might have to live in the mountains for like half of your life Or sit in monastery, contemplate the passion of Christ So this concludes today's episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some fresh new perspectives on the latest rap releases, as well as a recommendation for the next great rap record to add to your collection. But now that I've spoken, it's your turn to have your voice heard. So let's stay in touch. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Rowview, R-O-H-V-I-E-W, to connect with me on a personal level where you'll be able to interact with my thoughts and perspectives on music, surely, but also on politics and sports as well. If you're an artist who wants to get their new song or album reviewed on the show, hit me up via email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com or just send me a DM on Twitter or Instagram. I would love to give you public feedback through a review or private feedback if that's what you'd prefer. I would love to be a part of helping you grow as an artist. For exclusive content and updates related to the show, follow the Rap Music Plug podcast on Facebook. You can find all of this information along with exclusive playlists created by myself by clicking the link that's in the episode's notes. So that's all for today. Talk to you soon. Peace.